Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good evening from the capital city of Prague, and welcome to the Bohemian Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Coleman. And I'm Travis Dow from the History of Alchemy Podcast. You know, Travis, we have a special endeavor tonight as we will simulcast our audio podcast with our first ever YouTube efforts on our new Bohemian Podcast channel. On tonight's Bohemian Podcast, we will take a look at something that's near and dear to both our hearts, and that would be the very unique relationship the city of Prague has with the study and practice of alchemy. So Travis, you are the host of the Alchemy History of Alchemy podcast, and I know that this topic is exactly right in your wheelhouse. So when we talk about alchemical biographies, what are we going to be focusing on tonight with these topics? Well, Pete, first of all, what's a simulcast? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question, and we're going to try to get through that tonight as we're going like to be simultaneous doing podcast. Simultaneous podcast. Is that a thing? If it's not, we just made it up. Okay, just just check in. Yeah, we're going to try this out. We're going to kind of venture into the YouTube universe as well as what we do with our audio podcast that uh, you can find on iTunes as well as our uh, bohemican.com website. It's simultaneously a YouTube and a podcast, and it's simultaneously my podcast and your podcast. Exactly, and it'll be a challenge to edit. So even better... That's all great. happening at once. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so there, there is obviously a huge overlap between the Bohemian podcast and the History of Alchemy podcast because the reason I got, or the reason I started finding alchemy interesting in the first place was because I live in Prague. And Prague has, especially in the golden age of alchemy, it does have a huge connection to alchemy. Um, I wrote some names up here on the, on the uh, screen here, which, um, so first of all, there's, you know, Rudolf II, who... We did a show on, but we kind of make a joke out of we mention him just about every episode. As a drinking game, almost. And even when we don't <laughs> think we're going to, it somehow he comes up. And that is because he created the environment in Prague. Um, he was just very kind of, I don't know, understanding is the right word, but um, very tolerant and allowed Protestants to thrive here, even though he was Catholic himself. And, you know, it's, it's right just, just maybe 20, 30 years before the Thirty Years' War. 
Um, so that did not happen everywhere in Europe. No, he was actually known as the Mad Alchemist because of his patronage. He was an alchemist right? himself. Exactly. Yeah. And and to give you a, a time frame about when he was around, uh, especially here later in his life yeah, in so Prague. Like, basically, what do, we, what do we mean by Golden Age? Right? Right, yeah, we're talking, well, he was born in 1552 and died in 1612. Yeah. So, that, you know, that's a pretty good spectrum of, of when, especially towards the, the, the turning of the... Uh, of the 17th century, Prague became a very inviting city where mm -hmm. if you were an alchemist, you were considered pretty much a sorcerer or maybe burned at the stake. Yeah. Prague so, allowed you to come here and do your work. It, well, yeah, it wasn't just Protestants that came here. Like, Johannes Kepler came to Prague specifically because he was a Protestant and he was having issues in Austria. And, um, and then we also see physicians coming here because um, one of the very first public autopsies was done in Prague. And that's, again, under Rudolf II. He encouraged experimentation and, you know, science to flourish. And, and he was really interested in gadgets and doodads and, you know, just a really kind of curious kind of guy, also in the occult. And one thing he definitely liked was alchemy. And he invited all the alchemists to Prague. A lot of Europe, it wasn't safe for a lot of alchemists in a lot of parts of Europe. And, you know, it was outright banned places, death sentence in places, where in Prague, if you wanted to practice alchemy, you could come here, you could probably, you know, potentially have patronage by the emperor. Um, there was definitely other, other noblemen and nobility that was, you know, looking for the Philosopher's Stone, and, they, and you could get patronage from them. So that's, that's I mean, these, the other four guys on this list were basically from Rudolf's court at one point or another. Um, so, you know, Tycho Brahe, the, the famous astronomer and astrologer, John Dee, the famous mathematician and also alchemist, uh, Michael Sensevoy, who was the, the court alchemist, um, and, and, you know, and then also Cornelis Drebbel, who was court alchemist, but also Rudolf brought him here because he had a perpetual motion machine um, that he first created for, the, for James I of England or James IV of Scotland. And so all these people kind of... Um, garnered his attention and, you know, woke his, his curiosity. And so he, you know, Rudolf II brought them to Prague. And it is, I mean, just that list is an interesting bunch. We could have made it a lot longer. And, 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 you if, you, and if you do have a hankering for more information on, on alchemy and the history of alchemy, it, you know, please go to the, the podcast that Travis does and that I help out with as, as his co-host. And you can find those links on bohemican.com or just go directly to, to uh, iTunes you can sure. you can just download for free um, all those episodes, and so I believe on YouTube there will be a link somewhere yes. here. Yes, and actually that's here. amazing, and, and and this means nothing to our audio listeners, <laughs> but as as we're going through the program today, we're going to be showing some cutaways of of some of these folks, some pictures and some and some scenes of Prague that either I've taken pictures of or we have stuff that we found on the internet to kind of give you a better idea of what we're talking yeah, if, about. If you're listening to this on the History of Alchemy or Bohemian podcast. Hit pause, go to YouTube, <laughs> find this. What's it going to be called on YouTube? Al Alchemy in Prague? Something yeah, like that? Yeah, Prague's Alchemists, I think um, is what we're going to title this program tonight. Yeah, you'll, you'll find it. There, or go to, go to Bohemican or historyofalchemy.com, and there will be a link to it. You know, it's, I, I would say this was, we had YouTube in mind for this. So, um, uh, you know, obviously we'll put this on the podcast feeds, but yeah, take a look at YouTube. Now, now before we get into some of the biographies that, that are, is really interesting, Travis, you know, you and I have... Uh, have kind of ventured around through the, the city streets of Prague. You've been here 10 years. I've been here three years uh, as, as both American expats living in Prague. Prague had that initial sort of almost punch in your mouth as far as how amazing this place is mm -hmm. when you first see it. Um, the architecture, the stories, the legends, the histories, uh, just the overall feeling. 
just walking out at midnight or in the middle of the, of the evening and when the streets are all clear to the tourists mm -hmm. and you have the city streets to yourself and that kind of thin level level of fog and darkness mixed together with yeah. the city lampposts. Yeah, you eerie feel, sort of occulty yeah, vibe. Yeah. You really feel that you're right in the middle of something sure. pretty dark and chilling. And uh, uh, it is a neat sort of place to kind of explore. And we're going to do the course of this program today. We're going to take you on a little bit of a field trip. We're going to go uh, down to Prague 1 near Old Town. And we're going to go to a, well, the second oldest building in all of Prague mm -hmm. that was built in, as far as the uh, records we have, built in 980. And yeah. so it, it the city is built up around it on what was once called the Great Via, the Great Road that connected the Orients or the merchants of the Orients through Prague all the way to Madrid. Mm -hmm. it went right by the front door. So it yep. was a perfect place for an alchemist lab, sure. right? And we're going to actually take our viewers down there to see what the catacombs are like, hopefully, if we can get in. That, that's, <laughs> that's the thing. We're going to be doing this a little bit, uh, you know, we're doing this tonight on a Friday night. We're going to be doing this on Saturday. So we're going to see what we can do as far as getting some, some video on this. And I'm going to send you down the catacombs, and I'm going to stay up and do some interviews. Great. Thanks. All right? So yeah. if you All make right. it, fantastic. You might never see me again. So uh, for our listeners on Bohemican.com uh, or on iTunes, what we will do with this is that uh, I will have an audio interview and we'll be mixing it all together. So I think everybody will be happy with this. But the place we're going to be looking at is the uh, Speculum Al Alchemia Prague. Uh, there are several museums on alchemy in Prague and several across uh, the Czech Republic. Uh, there is one that's in Lesser Town that uh, mm -hmm. is, is uh, kind of nice. It's on a touristy path. Uh, and it also is a accompaniment with a little bit of the legends and magic of Prague. So it's, I don't want to say it's it's a little bit more kitschy. You know, I think some of these these uh, museums have a tendency to be kitschy and cater towards uh, tourism. Uh, but there's always some amazing things that people have done with them. All right, so now we trek down to Old Town, and it's um, a beautiful, warm, toasty day. And so Old Town's Old Town Square is right over this way, and right over here on the other side. Um, one thing that you need to know is that all of this used to be at least one story low, all the way from here to the river. And then because of flooding, they raised the whole city up a level. And up to, I don't know, five meters in some places, so, you know, significantly. So all of Old Town actually has a labyrinth of a city beneath our feet. And right over here, that's the Speculum Alchemy Museum that we're about to go down. In 2002, there was a record-breaking flood and the sinkhole kind of opened and when they went down and kind of poked around to see what was down there obviously they found part of the underground and specifically they started to find things like alembics and retorts and all these nice little alchemical vessels that we you know always talk about and so we're going to go in there and, and go check it out are you scared um it's going to be dark and freezing and it's haunted by greedy, greedy alchemists. Um, so maybe a little. So I'm going to actually stay up on the top, and I'm sending you down down below. Yeah, that's what friends are for. I'll pay for your entry fee. <laughs> well, you better, because it might be the last thing you ever do for me. The road, this this road here, was one of the great vias, one of the big kind of trade networked, you know, big roads between major cities, kind of east-west, north-south. You know, this was one of the hubs there. So. This is actually it. This goes, you know, through Old Town. The other way goes over a bridge. So pretty, pretty neat little. That was just a little quaint cobblestone road, but back then, yeah, super highway. <laughs> the empire in those days, and 
he was very interested in alchemy and occultism and in art too. And so he invited many artists and scientists to Prague. And Barbara was talking to us about the um, uh, the floods in 2002 that opened up a uh, uh, collapsed a hole in, into the ground where there once was a tunnel that led to this alchemy area here. And maybe you could talk to us about that. Okay, so in 2002, during the floods in Prague, when it was really a big flood and uh, many animals from the zoo were swimming in it, so uh, on the little square where the house stays, there was suddenly a hole. And the hole was caused by a secret tunnel which led to the old town square and which have collapsed caused by the water. Now, you told me there was uh, possibly three tunnels that led to different locations in the city. Was that somewhat common? And where did the tunnels go? Well, one tunnel led to, well, to the old town square. The second one led to the Prague Castle. You also see the tunnel in the museum downstairs. And the third tunnel led to the Powder Tower, which is on the Náměstí Republiky. And this tunnel is under the ground. So it's not to be seen, but it should be there. Should be. Okay. Um, what were what some type of the artifacts were found uh, in this collapsed tunnel that gave the, the idea that there was an alchemist lab here? Well, there were the furnaces <laughs> at first, mm -hmm. and uh, we also found uh, some gold pieces in here, and uh, also we found the recipes for the elixirs and also some of the elixirs. One of the interesting stories that you, you mentioned before was that this is on a, a Grand Via, a, a transportation uh, road that led, that connected maybe um, people here, that merchants and whatnot coming to the Ungelt and then all moving on to the rest of part of Europe. Um, was that important for this particular house and, and uh, um, why, why would that be important maybe to an alchemist to, to have uh, this location? Well, this house served as a hostel, yeah? so people who traveled through Grand Via could uh, rest, have a rest here. And for the alchemist it was important because uh, people from Grand Via came from all over the world and brought uh, many things like, I don't know, crocodiles, which you can't get here. Now, one of the really cool artifacts on the way out of the tour today uh, was one of the original bottles of elixir that was, was left from this collapsed tunnel. What, what was that elixir again? It's the elixir of eternal youth. But there were many of the bottles, but most of them are, were broken and uh, the, the scientists also needed them for the test, so this is one of the bottles which remained. Thank you very much for your time today. We really enjoyed the tour. Thank you. Great. Completed. So can, tell us a bit about what you saw downstairs. So it, it's, a, it's a pretty neat place. It looks like um, they had their main room for distillation. It was kind of a, a cone-shaped stove with kind of shelves on it, so like a, like a step pyramid sort of, and all these, you know, Olympics or retorts or whatever they were, uh, you know, just bunches of them on there, so that you have this kind of distillation going on in, in cycles. And then there was another room with a furnace for blowing the glass and creating those, the, the glass vessels they needed. And then there was another room that was more for maybe like working the metal. So this, this was a transmutation room is what she called it. And in that room they even found little pieces of gold and of course, you know, in the tour they said, well, we don't know if it's alchemist gold or, or what it is, or, but probably it could be gold for comparison. So if, if they do create something, that they have something real to compare it to, to see how, how close it, get, it gets. Or um, it could have been gold to like, you know, to seed the, the brew, so it has some real gold in it. Um, hard to say, but really interesting. And then they also did find elixirs of various natures down there. So some the scientists carted off to go investigate 
but you know we saw on the on the bookshelf they had one that was the elixir of eternal youth and that sort of thing um, so a lot of the glass bottles broke and uh, and uh, um, some other the glass bottles that didn't break they still they carted off for you know in the name of science but there's there's still some interesting trinkets in there and, and artifacts so kind of a neat show thank you for joining us on this evening's edition of the Bohemian podcast in the alchemists in Prague during the golden age of alchemy in, in Bohemia we'll be back with the third part of the edition next time thanks for watching Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.